Ladies and gentlemen, you tune in to another episode of the Rap Lab Podcast. You know, it's your boy, the motherfucking candy man, A-L-F-R-E to the D. It's your boy, T-O, it's the Dilio. And it's your boy, Q-G. And I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. And just to remind y'all, every Sunday at midnight, you get a new episode of the Rap Lab available on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, RSS, and uh, a bunch of other places and many other countries that i can't remember at this time but yeah so today's episode we're going to talk about one of the most infamous nights in hip-hop history a night that had a domino effect and started and catapulted a lot of things and had an effect on many many people the 1995 source awards oh boy yeah yeah and the 95 source awards you know it, it spawned the infamous line well all in the video. Oh, here we go. We'll get to that. And, uh, we'll get to that uh, in, in a little uh-huh. bit. In a little bit. But we'll definitely cue you on that part, Al. Right, uh, right, right. Shout outs to you, I'm, Big Sug. I hope I'll ho- keep you head mean, up, man. You mean, hope, you mean, you mean, you mean, you mean, you mean, Marion? Right? Dang, he did it. He did oh, it. Start, you don't know that man to call that man Marion, but um, <laughs> of course I know that man to call him Marion. Everybody can call him Marion. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna do a deep dive into the '95 Source Awards. We'll go around the room. Um, but first, the first thing I want to talk about, though, um, of course, the 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 group or the people or the or the organization that put on the source awards was the source magazine so qg tell us a little bit about about the source magazine and what it stood for and what it meant to the culture at the time the source magazine has been labeled or was labeled the bible of Mm hip-hop it first was established by uh dave mace the creator of the source and it first came out in 1982 and the hip-hop culture needed publications to 
push the culture to the forefront. We weren't getting the props that we were getting in Vibe or in Rolling Stone or none of those other publications at the time. So we needed something original, something that spoke to the hip hop audience. And when the source gave an album a five mic rating, it was gold. The five mics herald hip hop albums as a classic. So if they said it was a classic, it was a classic. They also had the unsigned hype, which was a breakthrough for a lot of up and coming artists at the time. One of the most notable names is the notorious B.I.G. He was an unsigned hype. So at that time, the source really, really, really meant something. And let me ask you guys, like, I mean, have you guys ever uh, read the source? You got any old magazines left around? Like, what did the source mean to you guys? I, I agree the same thing you said. The source to me was like the like the central of hip hop, you know, because we, we did have Vibe magazine, but at the same time, Vibe was leading towards more the R&B platform, but it still contributed to hip hop as well. So when you look at today's age of the BET Hip Hop uh, Awards, it's mostly like the, to me, as a fan perspective, is like the successor of the Source Awards. In my opinion, even though we had R&B performances, but it was more dedicated towards hip hop. And like you said, like the source gave out the times of the five mics and, you know, every other catalogs or awards. So when you look at the source awards, it it is one of the most popular times that we ever had as far as magazine. And, and it was also published like a newsletter at one point, too, like I think uh, back in the day and right. also the award show. And we and as a fan, we are blessed to even have notable performances and the award shows of the source uh, source awards. And of course, as we're talking as our topic today of 95. So where I stand in this, it is a huge, a huge piece to the hip hop industry, because this was the times that we were getting like new topics. We didn't get agree. that back in the day. As, the as far as, I totally agree. What about you, Al? What do you think about that? As, as far as hip-hop magazines, I had like a few copies of The Source, but I'll, I'll admit, I was more of a double XL guy. But, um... <laughs> okay. But, um... Yeah, the, sor- the Source was cool. Um, I remember The Source having like very memorable uh, magazine covers. That's what stood out to me. You would have thought some of these magazine covers was album covers if you wasn't paying attention. But um, from the I, for, I had maybe had yeah about three or four maybe five um magazines of the source when I was a kid and um but yeah I, I appreciated it I especially appreciated the album reviews. Yeah. Um, it's funny because one of the um uh the source magazines I ha- I still have to this day I copped it like a few years ago on eBay because uh, it dealt with Death Row you know so. Mm. Definitely had to had to cop that, and I know you know which uh, which magazine I'm talking about. I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, keeping the keeping the train moving here, um, QG, uh, tell us when exactly was the first Source Awards? The first Source Awards took place in 1994 at the Paramount Theater in New York City. Now. The interesting part about this award show, we're not going to spend too much time on 94, but I feel that the 94 set the precursor to 95 because at the time in 1994, 
death roll was racking up the awards. Like they were really, really, really growing and cooking. Dr. Dre got producer of the year. Snoop Dogg got lyricist of the year. Uh, Snoop Dogg got best new artist. Now, Dre and Snoop were not present at this 94 award show. The Dog Pound was. And the East Coast crowd didn't really show too much love. And the Dog Pound were not the type to bite their tongue. They expressed their frustrations with that. So all that was going on, and it was set up from there, and it transitioned into 95, because where are we now in 95 for the Source Awards? We're back in New York. And the West Coast is still at where they are. But you have an emergence of an East Coast that's can rival and match Death Row Records in Bad Boys. So 94, that was a good year, but it really set the tone for what was going to take place the next year. And the funny yeah. thing is, it was not just Death Row, because you because MCA also was involved, too. Because didn't he get Soundtrack of the Year for Menace to Society? He did get Soundtrack of the Year for Menace to Society, absolutely. That's what I remember, too, about that. But it's it's funny, you, you talk about the previous year. So, um... Let's and it's funny because the previous year being ninety four, our last episode was nineteen ninety four. So right. let's set let's set the stage real quick as to where we are in in hip hop at this current time, uh, around the time of the ninety five Source Awards, which was the summer of ninety five. And um, just for the listeners who may not know, August ninety five, um, Tupac Shakur still in jail, right? Yep. Yes, you he have. Is. You have the previous year, as we touched on in the last episode, the East Coast wakes up. So you have a plethora of artists who, who have who have brought the East back from the dead. So Death Row is still is still riding strong, but n- they don't have as strong of a hold as they once had because you had um the previous year within the last year you had uh Biggie's Ready to Die, you had Nas's Illmatic, um Wu Tang uh hit the scene, Lost Boys were on the scene, so like it's. Craig Mack had Project Funk the World, so the East Coast is 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 right on the come up. You had Takal, so Wu was on the rise, and then like in I believe between '94 and '95, on the way to '96, um, Raekwon, Raekwon, and uh, and Jizza had albums too for Wu Tang and ODB. So you have all this influx of East Coast rappers dropping these dope albums. Mm-hmm. So. I guess the war really wasn't on at this point, or if it was, it was light. But the '95 Source Awards, that um, yeah, that that catapulted things. Um, sure before did. we get into the act, before we get into the actual event itself, um, fellas, uh, to you, what did the source mean to hip hop? Hmm. You want to go, Chris? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, I was actually waiting for you, but I'll, I'll I'll say the source meant everything to hip hop at that particular time because it shows that your work was appreciated as a rapper and as an artist, and you reached the streets, you reached your community, and you reached people outside of your community. People from outside of the black community was reading the source. White people read the source. Hispanics read the source, Asians read the source, because they wanted to be in touch with what hip hop was. Don't forget, the, to, what's don't, up? don't forget the record labels too read the source. Yeah, obviously, well, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Because yeah. especially with the unsigned hype, they wanted to know who was the new face who was fresh out there. 
and this gave them an opportunity to reach out to them. So there was a connection between hip hop and the source. Unfortunately, the source lost its way once Ray Benzino stepped into the picture and started to use it for his own gain and try to expose then rival Eminem of labeling him as a racist. And you know, Eminem feeds a lot of people. He has millions of fans. So mm -hmm. once that happened and they appreciate M and respect M, you also got 50, you got G-Unit, you got all these different people under that umbrella. It was like, you know what? We're going to go with Double XL. We're not going to mess with the source anymore. And that's when I stopped reading it. That's when I said, you know what? It, it, and then the, the five mic system, they were being biased. And you could catch on to it if you were in tune of, well, this album is a classic. Why is it only getting three and a half? Why is it only getting three? Why is... So it used to mean something. I will always appreciate what it meant for the yesteryears. But that was my opinion on the source. You know what the thing is? To piggyback, I agree. Because one thing about the source that we didn't really see much of was the term like unsigned hype. We didn't really see that much of a term in other places like the five magazines or the even the double or maybe the double XL later on. But the source awards give you a little glimpse of, yo, we want to give you some like an input of who these unsigned hype are. And until this and there was one point even like a few years ago, just to jump a few years later, look how many times that even other websites, whether it was World Star or anything else that also jumped in the mix of now putting the term of the unsigned hype. And you saw many videos just for that one page of unsigned hype. So when you look at the source overall, again, it, it, it brought of a lot of opportunities of not only terms, but again, it, it gave you the input of and they and they really followed the hip hop, uh, the hip hop part, too, because, again, the source awards to me. Is more of a hip hop more than R&B, even though they had a little bit of R&B just to fill, you know, just a little balance. But it was more towards hip hop, so it gave a lot. It gave a lot of open platforms for hip hop as well. What about you, Al? What did the source mean to you? And the source, you know what it is? I think the source was was the authority, uh -huh. and you know, like mm. if you would have never, all right, so take take any album for example, right? So let's see, ninety five. So take so take dog food by by the dog pound right. Um, if yeah. the source said that that album was a good album, but you had never heard that album and heard of or heard the album, and you just happened to you know go to your newsstand and buy the source, and the source said that that album was worth picking up, you would go and pick it up most likely if you was a hip hop head. Agreed. So I, I think the source was the authority. A lot of people used to take the source for their word. If something yep. was given five mics at that point in time. People would often agree with and roll with it without even thinking twice about it. Um, Absolutely. So the source was like the expert on the culture at that point in time. Mm -hmm. yes, but like indeed. you said, when when Benzino took over, that's that's when it went downhill. And oh man, Double XL is still around to this day, and the source is a thing of the past. But more than nailing a coffin is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nailing so, nail the coffin. Word is more to Marshall. So we already set the background for the Source Awards. Um, we would see various, various big names in rap, both at the time and in the future, uh, at this event. Um, QG, you want to go uh, through the rundown of uh, who won what and who performed? Certainly. Let's first focus on the awards itself, which is what it was designed for. So we're going to go with each of them. Artists of the Year, Snoop Doggy Dogg. 
Do you guys agree with that for 1995? But I'll, I'll go first, and and I'm gonna say no, and here's why. Why? We're talking about 19 August 1995, right? Mhm. What did Snoop do in nine in 94 or early 95? Not much. I mean, he beat. I mean, he was he had the murder case, but like, let's see. So so Doggy Style comes out in 93. Yeah. The Murder Was the Case soundtrack comes out in 94, but he only has what? Two songs on it, 21 Jump Street and The Murder Was the Case remix. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like if you were going to win artist of the year, you would have had to have done something very monumental. So let's look at anybody else who could have won artist of the year in 95. Um we talking about people that dropped classics. So you could have put Nas in that cat. Well, Nas was, I don't think Nas would have stood a chance cuz he was a young boy. At the time, but you could have definitely gave Notorious B.I.G. that that artist of the year because '94 and and early '95 he was all over the goddamn place. I, I can like, answer why he didn't win that. Well, before you get to that, I think Juicy was all over the place. Indeed. So so is like Ready to Die is like a certified certified classic. Um. Like, I just feel like it's so many... Like, if we, if this was the 94 Source Awards and you gave Snoop Dogg the Artist of the Year, I would say, okay, because he had a phenomenal 93. And he had momentum because he went from The Chronic in late 92 to Doggy Style in 93. We'll, we'll give it to him in 94. And Murder Was the Case remix dropped in 94. He so you, you give it to him. Huh? He did win in 94, for what I remember. Right. But so he had no reason to win it in 95 because his next... He didn't do anything in that year or proceeding, or he didn't do much in 94, but QG, why, why, why Biggie didn't get it? I think the reason why Snoop won in, 19, in 1995 is because Big, at the time, was looked at as a relatively new artist. At the same time, even though he had a classic album, even though he appeared on certain things and was put out there in the forefront at this particular time you got to remember the chronic was still dropping videos doggy style was still dropping videos nobody had the fanfare and the anticipation of an album bigger than doggy style at that time before it came out so snoop was in the forefront for a lot as far as the media because you do have to add in the case and stuff that he was going through at that particular time nobody was pushed to the forefront as much as snoop dogg snoop was labeled as the best rapper out at that time because of what was going on with the success of the chronic into doggy style into murder was the case so you got to accumulate all those years and all that work instead of just one i get what you're saying and your argument is valid but i think the source was looking at the success rate of Snoop Dogg from year to year to year combined. And that was why they gave him that award for Artist of the Year. Biggie was still labeled new. We'll get to the other uh, awards as well, but that's why I feel Snoop got that, because he was on every magazine cover. He was doing all these interviews. Doggy Style sold crazy records. The Chronic sold crazy records. He's a part of that. So I feel that's why Snoop won. I mean, go, go ahead, Mac. And another thing is they were playing his singles again and again and again. That particular What's My Name was getting played. I remember hearing that a lot. Like every Gin and Juice. 
gin and juice. Gin and juice alone solidified everything. They play that any day, every day. They don't care if it goes three years straight. Yeah. And I that's mean, but, not sort but, of help. Even though I understand where you're going, Al, because I would I, I sort of went the same direction. Like, what did he much do besides murder was the case? So sometimes it's that consistency. I mean, but I, I don't know. I just feel like th- that should have been that should have been Biggie. Or you one could even though a lot of people won't agree with me, one could have even made the case for Tupac because January '95, Me Against the World was setting records at the time. Agree, but they weren't going to give Pac his due because of what was going on. I mean, at the at the time, he's the only artist ever locked up to have a number one album. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And, and you know what? It's funny we mentioned Pac because Pac plays, even though he's not, he's he's not there. He he plays a big role in this show. But uh, continue with the uh, the rundown, QG. Group of the year, Wu Tang Clan. Agreed. 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 And let me tell you something. When you branch out from a a, a group album, and then all of a sudden you get that opportunity now to prove yourself as a solo artist. Yeah, that that's why I respect Wu Tang as one of the top groups ever in hip hop. Not a you never seen a group like that to, to go number one on the album, of course, um, Thirty Six Chambers, and then now you got everybody branching out out of nowhere like a year later or two with solo albums. Now you, of course, we mentioned this early in the '94 episode, Method Man being the first with the Takao, but then the next year, oh my God, Ray, yeah. yeah. Just yep. dropped one. ODB yeah. dropped one. Who, who am I missing? Nearly everybody dropped one. And also, let's not forget, their affiliates got involved too. The Grave Diggers is a few. It's crazy. It's crazy what a difference a year makes because the year before at the Source Awards in '94, they got Best New Artist. Yep. Now and they got the Group of the Year. Group. And as a group. And and like and like we said last week when we discussed '94. Um, Wu Tang Clan basically sh- they deserved it because what did they do? They took a, a neighborhood in a city known for hip hop. Their particular neighborhood of Staten Island was not known for anything, not like in hip hop or outside of hip hop. It wasn't known for anything other than the ferry that left Manhattan to go there once every thirty <laughs> minutes, and they put them on the map. That's so sure and to this day, like. If you if you was from Staten Island, you are likely a Wu affiliate if you rap, and if you're not a Wu affiliate, you wasn't on the map. But they put Staten Island on the map. So and then look at all the look at all these classic uh, Wu solo albums. Takao, classic. Uh, Only built for Cuban links, classic. Liquid mm-hmm. Swords, classic. Um, Return to the Thirty Six Chambers, classic. Iron Man, classic. So like we like. They, they, I can't name a a group other than Wu Tang that I would even think to give to give group of the year in 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 '95. Like, you can y'all think of a part uh, is, What's up? I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. The funny part is the presenters of the award was Mob Deep, Az, and Nas. They presented the award for best group, and it. I kind of find it funny. I don't know if Nas was high that day or what, but you know when you read the envelope of who won. He opened it and then he paused for a little bit, like maybe he couldn't see it or whatever. So Havoc took the mic and just said, Sue. And now it's just like, Wu Tang, Wu Tang. I'm like, You didn't see it as soon as you opened up the envelope. 
I wonder if he was shocked and high. He probably, I mean, those are his boys. So, I mean, but yeah, I like, it's interesting that you did, did bring that up because the year before Al, that's when the tribe called Quest got group of the year in 94. So, imagine that. Oh, I, yeah, mean, I mean, if you gave Tribe a so group of the year in '94, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with you. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did, they, I mean, they did have some good singles off Midnight Marauders. So yeah. So I mean, there was no denying the power of Wu Tang winning group of the year. I mean, there were other groups out there, but like you said, putting Staten Island on the map, the revolution, and pushing to the forefront and creating this Wu brand it was incredible. And now- and then, and that officially made all five boroughs now part of hip hop. So it's Absolutely. like it, it gets that moment that yo, anyone gonna come out of Staten Island? Cause we already got the Bronx, we got Queens, now we got Brooklyn, now we got Harlem and everything. But we ain't hear anyone from Staten Island. And like you said, Al, it's like no one really thinks about Staten Island because a lot of people will say this. Staten Island is always looked at as another state. I ain't gonna lie, I'm one of them. Every time I get on the ferry and I get in St. George Terminal, I feel like I'm in another state. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, they are live from Staten Island, New Jersey. Now nah, I'm playing, but uh, oh, and, 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 a, and a little disclaimer: Harlem is not a borough. Uh, I'm sorry. Manhattan is the borough. Harlem is in Manhattan. You know, just don't want to confuse yeah. our non-New York listeners. You know, you know? Is, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the thing is, oh, you know, the thing is, we always get caught up saying uptown and Manhattan and Harlem and everything. We don't really say the Lower East Side and everything. We just mostly say uptown or Harlem. But then again, still as Manhattan, no matter but, what. But then again, at this point in time, rapping, rapping coming nowhere out of Manhattan except for Harlem. So we give you the pass <laughs> on that one. All right, the, the next award in the '95 Source Awards, QG, uh, lay it on us. Uh, new artist, the notorious B.I.G. You know what the thing is about this? I think the I think the hype. I know people will probably say like, could Nas have gotten it? He could have. But the way that Biggie was coming out the gate, even during the Ready to Die era on the Super Cat remix, on the Party and Bullshit, on the Who's the Man soundtrack, and the B-side, and Mary J. Blige's record, I'm not surprised. And remember yeah. what I said about the unsigned hype. Biggie was in the unsigned hype. And exactly. to see the, the, the progression from there, he came out the gate selling 5 million copies, guys. Right. I'm going to tell you why why Nas couldn't get that. Now, was Illmatic dope? Yes. But like yes. you mentioned, Mac, Biggie was everywhere. And that's because of the machine behind him. If, yes. if Nas would have had the same support as Biggie, he could have made a run at that award. And you know, honestly. And you but, know also made it good because Biggie was, at the time, during the last times of Puffy on Uptown Records. So when Puffy got with Biggie... It, that that was it because Puffy branched out from Uptown to forming Bad Boy and everything, so he knew how to get Biggie sort of on songs. Now a lot of people, yeah, uh, I was about to say something, but we might get that later on, depending on how the topic comes up or the subtopic comes up. But but, but what you got, Al? But also you also got to remember because it is 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 good that you mentioned Puff because Puffy was the machine for Bad Boy, him himself. Absolutely. And the machine and the machine was hands on with 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 Biggie. Biggie wanted to make certain songs like he was like he was still in the streets. He wasn't thinking singles oriented, and Puff had to intervene. I remember I remember hearing a story when um when Puff first played the beat for Juicy, Biggie was like, "Yo, what the fuck is this?" 
Biggie yeah. didn't want to do it. He but, did not want to rap over that beat. But Puff, but Puff um talked him into it, and look what it became. One of the greatest songs in hip-hop history. Not you know, just over you, that time yep, period. That's right. Think Absolutely. Now, I mentioned something like that because sometimes you never know what that particular opportunity. You'd be like, man, I don't know what I could do with this. Man, this beat sucks. And then if you know how to run obstacles on that specific beat, you never know if that could become a big hit. And like you said, Al, it became one of the most historical hip-hop songs ever to this day. And, then and you this also, is what New York needed. New York needed that. And you also got to think, Nas was signed to Columbia. So nobody from, from Columbia was hands-on with Nas. They probably told him, yo, do the project, submit it, and we'll put it out. And not only that, but the, the amount of promotion that Illmatic had was nowhere near the amount of promotion that that uh, Ready to Die had, especially with that whole Big Mac campaign. That um, another thing that helped out too. The whole yep, it's that, all about marketing. It's all about marketability, and it's all yeah. about crossover success. And Puff was able to bring that. And the last thing you have to look at was the reaction to their respective albums. Biggie, Ready to Die came out, and everybody was like, "Oh, look at this nigga! Like, oh, this shit is fire." Elmatic right. came out, and only the dope. Like only the hip hop head, the pure hip hop heads, was checking for for Illmatic at the time. Illmatic didn't like blow up and become the classic that we that we hold it to be until many many years later. But ready it was to die later on. Yes. Ready to die. People heard that and was instantly naming it an instant classic. So so it's the reaction and 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 the backing from and the support that they got, um, and the marketing that that that, that launched Nas. I mean that launched Biggie. Sorry, way over Nas. And because of the marketability and because of the success rate of Ready to Die, who is on the cover of the Source magazine in front of the Twin Towers with the headline, King of New York? There it is. I know that didn't sit too well with Nas, and I know that must have really played in his mind and frustrated him at the time because of what Illmatic meant to hip-hop. But this is, this is the mainstream. This is Biggie. And sometimes, you know, it, it happens, the frustrations, until you were like, years come later on, it's like, yo, I'm past that. But, hey, he was coming out with something. I was coming out with something as well. It was just that he was the bigger marketing. Yeah. All right. The next award, please. All right. Now, Mac, you can definitely add into this. I'm going to say uh, new artist group. That's oh, man. To say tonight. <laughs> outcast outcast is the winner outcast outcast is the winner and when they went up there to get their award they got hit with a smattering of booze and you know what the funny part is when you look at the source the first two source awards it always felt like east and west only it was east and west east and west so when you look at andre 3000 speech he's like we try to put out demos but nobody was listening well guess what the South got something to say, and get and that's it. I got something to say. So with that said, we have a new uh, yes, Chris. We'll bring this one up. We have a new challenger up to the plate, and that <laughs> is Atlanta. So now you are have now experiencing that Atlanta is here. They're about to make waves. It ain't gonna be about no East and West only. You best to believe Atlanta is gonna make some noise. And mainstream wise, Outcast has delivered the uh the stuff out the gate. They delivered the knockout punch. And then, of course, you know, the 95 awards, they tell you they're not going anywhere. And then they just went like uh, sci-fi thriller. Ooh, 
space in the head. I mean, the album is a great album. The album, the album in its entirety is a great album. It was something different. And, you know, the South Atlanta, they really came in because prior to them, you had other groups. You had the Ghetto Boys. You had UGK. You had all these people. But for Outkast to come in and win this thing, it really, really opened people's eyes. Like, okay, we're here to stay. There's a, there's a new, there's a new sound, a new machine in town, and they and were coming. In a new region, the South is here now. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but I, you know what I often think about when it comes to Outkast and the '95 Source Awards? If that audience could have known back then what they knew now, they would have never got booed. That's true. Because Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music wasn't a bad album at all. A I mean, lot of people even forget that that comes out in 94, which somehow we glanced over, we glossed over in uh, our 94 episode. But that wasn't a bad album. Is it a classic? No. But Now, now this is where it gets interesting, because one of their biggest singles off the song was Players Ball. The funny part is who directed the video of Players Ball. Which was? Sean Puffy Combs himself. <laughs> yes, indeed. Sean Puffy Combs was the one who directed. But and when you look at and when you look at the Outcast video as making a making a statement to say the South has something to say, you're damn right. Especially when Andre was wearing, because he's clearly all over representing his town with the Atlanta Braves jersey. Well, of course, and. I'm going to go on a limb and say, not just in the South, but in hip-hop history overall, Outkast is one of the, the greatest duos of all time. So I just find it really ironic how they get booed off the stage for winning Best New Group. Of course, um, Andre 3000 would go on to be one of the greatest lyricists we would ever hear. So I just find it odd. Like, And you know what it is? I think the crowd was so wrapped up in the East Coast, West Coast feud that, yes, you know, they were. Outcast was like, you know, like an afterthought. This is what I was mentioning earlier on the podcast just now when I said it was mostly about an East versus West. It was East, West, East, West. And you know, and, and you know, all of a sudden Atlanta came in and then they just was like, wait, where'd they come from? They, and, they and, weren't and even let, thinking about those guys. Let's take a look at something really quick here. Um... If I'm not mistaken, QG, and correct me if I'm wrong, this this Best New Group Award was the only award not won by an East Coast or West Coast rapper or group, correct? That is correct. So here comes, so you're we're in the middle of an East-West war, and here comes this duo from Atlanta, and most of the crowd probably said, yo, who the fuck are these niggas? However, <laughs> but if you look to who they're signed to, they're on the face, which at the time was uh, uh, L.A. Reid and Babyface was one of was one of the the biggest black owned labels of all time, and they took a real right. gamble on the hip hop too with that particular record because this because when you look at LaFace records it's mostly R and B records right so the for face, them, a the huge gamble on Outkast and for them to you know successfully with their debut album and to get a new artist of the year as a group. Oof. But you see how smart LaFace was, was having Puffy come in exactly. and be a part of that because you you want to incorporate the Mecca. You want to bring that in. And maybe that can open up the markets in New York for the Southern Atlanta-based group. And but that you also, was the intention. 
you also got to remember bringing Puffy in is smart too because Puffy had experience with R&B. He would work with Total. Uh, he worked with Mary J. Blige, who who argue unarguably is the is the queen of R&B both back then and even some could consider it now as well, one of the greatest fact. R&B yeah. artists of all time. So I mean, he had Mary J. Blige, Faith Evans, Total. Uh, I believe he worked with SWV extensively. So he did. So. I mean, who better to 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 bring him on board on a on a um R and B oriented label than Puff? Because Puff didn't Puff wasn't dibbling in rap until Bad Boy was formed, and when Bad Boy was first formed, it was just Biggie and Craig Mack. But he had all this R and B ex- uh, experience with working with R and B artists, so that's he, not he a worked bad with Heavy prior. He worked with Heavy D prior. Right. I mean, but and then also he worked with a very young Usher, who also was an R and B artist. Right. Which which didn't really do well, by the way. <laughs> but he still well, worked that, with him nonetheless. At that particular time, yes, he he put him out and he worked with him and he taught him a lot. Even though he, he, it took rent, Usher he, a while, but it, he, he, he rented he rented that Cadillac car that Usher danced on in his first video. So <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. delve further into that because it'll right. make me mad. We'll to that dancing part in a minute, oh, a few oh, a few minutes. Oh, it's not even about the dancing. It's who he got the Cadillac car from. But I'm going to oh, stop yeah. there. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> but um, what was the next award that was won at this event? This is this is the controversy now involving Nas because Biggie won Lyricist of the Year. So if Biggie wins Lyricist of the Year, Nas feels the type of way. So I'm gonna go around the room and don't think about all time career. Think about 1995 specifically. Me personally, I was Who? just. I would just say because of the hype. Again. So you're I, gonna give you're gonna give Biggie the Duke over Nas for lyricist. I, no, I will say Nas should have won lyricist because I think he's more of a better lyricist than Biggie. But what I'm saying why this thing happened, because I'm just gonna say it again, is because of hype. They hype Biggie so much of anything in hip hop and around that particular year. Well, he can't rap, don't get me wrong. But lyricist. I don't and, know. And That's and it's, it's glad you brought that up because Biggie said it himself. Like when they when they interviewed Big after the award show, he was <laughs> so surprised. He was surprised that he did get lyricist for the year because he's like Nas is in this category. So it's like so, you know he gave props. He was happy to win, but he he was like wow, you know what I mean? Nas is in here. He's a shoe in to win this one. They gave it to Biggie. And to quarterback off what you said, it's the hype. It's the hype. It's the East Coast. It's New York. It's pushing the marketing machine to make Biggie the number one rapper in New York. So I I agree. I thought Nas should have gotten it because you got to look at it, too. Look at the features that he also did after Illmatic. He appeared on the Wu records. He appeared on the Mob Deep records. Nas was working in, in, in 1995. He was in 94. He was putting in work lyrically. Not to mention his uh, breakthrough in the live at the barbecue. Yeah, I mean, but uh, w- but what do you think, Al? I think Biggie is a is a great lyricist, but right. I'm gonna have to agree with y'all and give it to Nas. The only yeah. reason I think Biggie won because Biggie was out there more, and uh, like like Max said, the hype around him and the and the backing of the label. But I and and a lot of people are probably gonna like. Open their eyes when I say this, but I think Illmatic was the the better album than Ready to Die, honestly. In my personal opinion, I, I could be wrong, but... You know what the thing is about either one of them? Like, Nas, Biggie was 
talking about struggles, but at the same time, he was still having fun on this album. Nas was mostly just going for the kill of being like a conscious lyricist. And technique. And technique. And lyrical ability. He That was his main focus. That was his main focus, still talking about the outcomes and the struggles out in the world and making up stories. And that's another thing that's going to be to talk about tale one day is storytelling. Because both of them could tell stories. But me personally, I'll put Nas on that one too, by Edge. But uh, you know what the cra- I'm glad you brought all that up because he epitomized the American dream. Here you yep. have someone that sold drugs, high school dropout. He told you what his story is. And to see him coming from that to the success rate, that's the American dream. And that really told the story of Biggie. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just feel like Nas got Nas didn't get robbed for best new artist, but he got robbed for, for lyricist of the year, in my opinion. You could totally say that. Agree. I totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. All right, uh, the next category, please. Just like you and a blub. Oh. Single of the year goes to flavor in your ear, Craig Mack. Now see, <laughs> now see, I got a problem with this. The reason What's why the problem? this is they didn't really advertise his regular flavor in your ear like they did with the remix. But wait, which song won the single of the year? Was it the original or the remix? It was the it was the original that won. But I'm trying to think of all the singles that came out in the previous year. No, nah, Flavor Year was out in 94. But my no, team... no, I know it was out in 94. But see, to me, I don't know. I guess because I'm thinking in the terms of today. But there's got to be a single that came out that's better than that one. It charted. That's the thing. It charted and it was still selling. You got you, you got to think at this time, even no, though these awards no, are being given out. This is the beginning of Bad Boy Puff is trying to like market out there, boy. Right. So the records, the records, the records were still selling at the time, mm-hmm. even though they charted. The records were still selling, and I think, but I, I feel like they are piggyback, uh, piggybacking off the remix more because they didn't really play much of the original more than they did the remix, and I felt, and I felt like that's not fair. But once again, I like that because. Who was on the remix, in my opinion, that overshadowed Craig off the back Biggie. Again, that's where the hype and the marketing comes in. That's why I felt like Puffy was not slick when it came to Craig Mack. No, I mean, thankfully, Craig did get an award. I mean, I mean, at least Craig did get an award. And, and, uh, I was happy. and you know, I'm happy. Yeah. He did. Oh, no. He he went to the stage and said, East Coast in the house. Say, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but. I'm sure. Uh, oh, man. So I, mm, I don't. Play that that one doesn't sit well with you. <laughs> like, and 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 Al should have, and Al could have a point because you know it, 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 like, it's it's like, look at look at all the other popular songs in '94. Method Man and Mary J. Blige don't don't win that. How? Ah, like, ah. <laughs> and, and you know, Al, you got a point because you're that, all I need was a much more impactful and better and mainstream song than Flavor in Your Ear. Well, they got the Grammy for it. They, I mean, that, that song fact, got the Grammy. A Grammy is more important than the Source Award. A Grammy has more weight than the Source Award. Probably not in the streets. <laughs> the street are the streets dumb? Like, I don't. Ah, like it just is bothering me. Well, you know what? You know what? That's that's payback. That's payback, Al, for all your Craig Mack jokes about 
wickedness <laughs> and righteousness. He won, so you could talk about that instead Listen, of that. That that man walked into the church in North Carolina for the very first time, uh-huh. and the pastor asked him, "Why are you here?" And he said, "I used to do wickedness and rap. What oh, do you want to do now? Righteousness." Well, and then he freestyled for the congregation uh, well, in the church. I guess, I guess, I guess the wickedness was winning for single in the year. He's coasting. I'll say yeah. So, but 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 here's my opinion. If they would have gave the single of the year to the remix, which was much better and much more impactful, in my opinion, I would have no issue. But they gave it to the original. That's why I had to ask you to clarify, because you're all I need. Juicy. All the singles off Illmatic. And you mean to tell me. Now, wait a minute. I don't know about all singles off Illmatic. It was not all singles. (laughs) You could probably say, like, it ain't hard to tell the world is yours, but I don't know about all singles off the map. I wouldn't even put Flavor, halftime in Flavor, I mean, Flavor, the original Flavor version? Like, it, you couldn't give it to, to the remix? <laughs> nah, but you're just, I, I'm just saying, they play the remix more than the original. Let me yes, explain. they do. In they my, do play the remix more than the original. In my humble opinion, as a professional critic and podcaster of the culture and the genre, I'm going to go out and say that You're All I Need was the best single of 1994. It's arguable. It's debatable. And that, you you know, that could have been up there, too. And you give it to Just Like a Piece of Sizzle with the age of Christmas between. Break them down. Man. No, yes, no, yes, no. Yes, you yes, don't do that. Yes. You're crazy <laughs> like that group. All that stuff. Yes. Since when has you ever Fred. been crazy? Crazy and then crazy glue. You know glue been crazy, especially when it sticks to you. I feel like I'm about to have. I feel like I'm about to have. Shout out to Craig. You the man, Craig. That's for all the jokes that Al did on you. You the man, Craig. Oh boy. And and, 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 and listen, that he went to that interview with Biggie, and he was eating an egg and bacon and egg sandwich on the hero. Don't think I forgot about that. That he was hungry. Or, or like the time that Craig Mack when it was on Yo MTV Raps with Big and Puff, and he didn't even know he was working on his own album. Mm-mm-mm. All right, the next award before I catch an aneurysm live on the air. <laughs> right, right, right. Don't pull a Jim Cornette on us. Hey. Uh, let's see. Okay, <laughs> album, album of the album of the year. This is the big one, and it goes to Ready to Die, Notorious B.I.G. Agreed, what? agreed, agreed, agreed. All agreed all around. So the marketing just solidified right off the bat. And that's the album, that's that that's the award Biggie said he really wanted to win was the album of the year, and he was successful with that goal. But you but but see, we, we talk about how Nas also put out singles, but we can't forget how Biggie also put out singles. I mean, Juicy ain't the only one. Juicy, Big Papa, um, I know it wasn't on Ready to Die, but the One More Chance remix. I know the the original doesn't sound anything like the remix. Right. The one. I mean singles, singles chart and singles sell. Little, when you come, she, yeah, when you come with a big single, that that sells too. That's blacks too. And when you put that out, even the what sold. Yeah. So I mean, there's no argument there. I, again, I feel that Illmatic was the better album, but. As far as what album, like you know, had a bigger impact on rap at the time, you 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 gotta give it to Big. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the next, next one. Next one. Yes. 
producer of the year, Dr. D R E. Agree or disagree? Uh, agreed, agreed, agreed. Actually, you know uh, what? Hold on. Wait. There's a problem with that. I'm gonna change my stance on this before I solidify it. Okay. Now, now, does it does it come in tune with what I'm about to say? What is your stance? You got to give Primo a look. Now, Primo was in that category, and the crowd was a little upset that it went to Dre and not Preem. So, Mac, I ask you that. Because we talked about 94 before. We talked about all the work that Primo did and everything like that. Do you agree that it should have went to Preem or it should have stayed with Dre? Preem. Now, there's a reason why Dre won. You guys know that, right? And why did he win? As much as much as we talked about it, this has chronic. to do with this has to do with the chronic. It has to do with it has to do with the body of work. Now, Dre is looked at more than just a beat maker. Oh, that's, that's the forget. thing. And that's not forget the natural born killers. <laughs> you gotta look at the videos too. You gotta look at the music videos play a part. You gotta look at what Dre was able to do See, but, as far but, 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 as but, but, but here's my shaping issue. and molding these artists. Here, here's my issue. You want to talk about the body of work. Mm-hmm. How many classics or certified great things or great albums or songs did Primo have his hands on? He dipped his hands in almost every cookie jar in 94 that there was to dip in. But he don't worked, that is, he that worked is with correct. Na- he worked with Nas on Illmatic. He worked with Biggie on um on Ready to Die. Let's not forget in 1994, um, Hard to Earn, the, the Gangstar album. He produced the whole thing because he's a member of Gangstar. But, but you the know numbers the, didn't add up. But th- the that's numbers the didn't no. add up. That's the thing. But when you take the collective sum of the parts, I would say as far as record sales, if you look at everything Primo touched, you don't think that that equaled anywhere near. Well, no, never mind. Because no, Defro, no, Defro was no, pumping out millions exactly. of dollars in revenue. That, 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 that. You have to look at all of those things. When you look at Defro Records, you attach it to Dr. Dre. When you look at the Chronic, you attach it to Dr. Dre. When you look at Doggy Style, you attach it to Dr. Dre. When you look at Murder Was the Case, you attach it to Dr. Dre. You got so many things in line with Dre. Preem, as great as Preem is, Dre was just the face of California changing the music business, changing the sound, ushering a new wave, and not only mentoring and nurturing and creating Snoop Dogg. That was his protege. And then Snoop comes at the forefront as the best at the time under Dre. So you got to accumulate all those things that Dre was doing. That's why Dre won. Now, I agree Primo deserved to be nominated. Preem deserves the props that he should have gotten. But this was what was going on, and this is why that New York crowd, that East Coast crowd, didn't like that. They you know, felt Preem should have taken it. So you know what? It sounds like they didn't just judge it purely off the music. They just judged it based off the impact. Impact. Yeah. Big part. Big Which part. See, see and, and to me, and, and, and this is my problem with, not just the source, but this is my problem with the Grammys, and the soul, well, the Grammys, they're clueless when it comes to rap, but the Soul Train Awards <laughs> and, and, and the BET Awards and every goddamn fucking award show in the goddamn oh, genre. Oh, there he goes. There like, he goes. The rant again. <laughs> I feel that if you're going to have an award show and you're going to give an award for uh, artist of the year or album of the year or producer of the year, 
Don't look at the fucking impact. Judge it solely on the music. You know, that's not how it works. No, but that's how it should work. Because you mean to tell me if we have two songs and one sold 500,000 and the other one went diamond, the one that sold 500,000 may be the one that went gold may be the better song than the one that went diamond. But because the one that went diamond sold so fucking much, we're going to give the award to the diamond, to the diamond song. Which it shouldn't be. It should be based on 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 the instrumental. It should be based on the lyrics and the subject content, and it should be based on the flow. But we, if we that have, was true, if that but, was true, Al, but, why? If that was true, why did the Carter Three win the Grammy? I just said the Grammys is clueless, bro. And the Carter yeah, Three, yeah. But, as but, I but said agreed, on a previous episode, three, did you? As I said on a previous episode of this podcast uh-huh. on the classics debate, the Carter Three, in my opinion, was a classic. Oh, so so American Gangster didn't win that Grammy. The Cool didn't win the Grammy, and the uh, Nas uh, Nas album. What was what was it? It was Hip Hop Is Dead. That was nominated at the same time. The it was the Untitled album. Bro, American Gangster didn't win, but the Carter Three won. Lupe Fiasco's The Cool is nowhere near in the category of the Carter Three. Okay, it's better than the Carter Three. (sighs) <sighs> you're talking about lyrics you're talking about concepts that destroys the Carter 3 Carter 3 production was oh so now production plays a part I just said that I said so, that so 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 looking at so looking at Ready to Die and the impact that it that it made and everything like that it sold 5 million for a reason not just because of the marketing machine you gotta look at because when you sell five million records, it's not just African Americans or minorities buying you the records. You, you, you know you, that. You don't right? think that you don't think there's five million Biggie supporters at that time in Brooklyn or New York but City? You, gotta, you 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 have to break down who's part of the five million. It's not just African Americans. That's and everybody. It's not, and it's not just New York either, by the way. It's not just New York, exactly. You have to really you gotta look at the entire factor behind it. Impact is very important. I get what you're saying as far as skill-wise, technique, and everything like that. But you need the total package. And at the time, Big had the total package. That's why he won. Touche. Touche. I'll give you that. All right. We're on to the the next one. Video of the year. Who gets it? Murder was the case. I'm I'm not going to debate this one. Cause that that video was was powerful. I, I I give them that. It was a movie. It was. <laughs> it was just that was something that was something different. That was something different. Do you remember who directed that? That wasn't Trey, was it? Who, who was who was that directed? Murder was the case. I know Charlie Murphy was in the was in the video. I know. Uh, obviously, obviously. Uh, Heron was in there. Rest in peace to Heron. He used to be part of Death Row. And uh, I believe Dre. I think Dre, Dre, Dre was behind the camera. Well, Dre was one of three producers who produced that yeah. video. Do you yeah. know who the other two were? Who were the other two? F. Gary Gray and our old hey. and our and our good friend from Yo MTV Raps, Fab Five Freddy. Oh yeah, Fab was big on this stuff. That's no that's no surprise there. That's big. So uh-huh. I, 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 give, I give them that. Yeah. It was uh, different. 
Next category, please. Live performer of the year. This was another surprise to the guy that won it. Biggie was live performer of the year. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it 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 was like Bad Boy. Bad Boy was making a statement against Death Row. Now this is like the East Coast way of responding. Now, do you guys agree with that? I'm, start, I'm starting to think the source was a bit biased because come on, live performer of the year. I've seen footage of this go. man perform live. He sw- he rocks back and forth. He don't dance. He don't jump. He don't run. I bro, oh, he's on oh, the level so of he's he's on the level of Fife Dog in the Tribe Called Quest documentary when Q Tip had to try to get him to move. You stopped that. Sick Al. He wasn't. You, he, that. He, you know you know how sick Fife Dog was. You know how sick he was during that time. You, well, show, they, you show some respect to Fife. I love Fife. I'm, Shout outs to Fife. R.I.P. Man, no. I like Fife. Dog. You, I love Trump. Well, you should never. Well, mention. basically, what you're saying, what you're saying is Biggie is a better performer than Master P. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> Master P has done some of the greatest on stage dance moves oh, oh, yeah. I've ever it's, seen in my oh, life. You name one. Come on, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah thing, that shoulder. That thing that with shoulder the shoulder and, and the running in place. Oh, it was, it's great. Yeah, and, and, and the way he swings his hands like he don't know how to fight. Bias. Yeah, so Biggie is a better performer, so that's that's unanimous. Who else was nominated in that category? Do you know? That wasn't that was very hard to find. When I did my research, I was looking to see well who was nominated in these categories. That didn't really come up. But the award show itself is on there on YouTube for anybody out there that wants to watch it. They can watch it. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Next category, please, because I'm 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 dying to get to the the fame the infamous moment. Well, well, well. You should be happy. Uh, soundtrack of the year, above the backboard, above the rim, baby. Above yeah. the rim, above the rim. I agree. They should have got soundtrack of the year. And they did. And what did this lead up to? Who goes up and gets the award? The oh. executive producer. The executive producer himself goes up there with Danny Boy. He Come gets on, the award, and <laughs> he. What does he say, Al? You've been waiting for this. <laughs> well, no, doesn't he? Doesn't he go up there with Snoop Dogg? No, oh, Dre went up there with Snoop. Dre went up there with Snoop when Dre got producer of the year, and uh, when when he got up there, that's when the crowd was a little upset, and Snoop was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait can I, can I, can I take this Uh-oh. one from here? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> y- y'all don't like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg." Y'all don't fuck with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg? Oh, I love it. I loved it. <laughs> if they Man. got cheered, if if they got cheered, that wouldn't have happened. But the fact that happened, you know, Snoop said what he said. Let it be known. And then you got Shug when he went up there. Uh oh. Like, can know, I can I take you know, can I take can I take go it ahead, away? Go oh, ahead, go yeah. ahead. Do it. This is your part. Al. Go ahead, go ahead. Do your best Marion impression. <clears throat> And for, do- and for those of y'all who want to be a star and don't want the executive producer all in the videos, you want to be a star, come to Death Row. <laughs> and then Puffy comes on later in the show with his cop and plea ass. I, well, I'm the executive producer that was talked about earlier, and we just want to give a shout out to Death Row. We respect all their accomplishments. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, well, That, uh, man, that like, man just dissed you and you waving a white flag, no rebuttal, nothing. Yeah, but he oh he, he rebuttals oh he rebuttal all right. Talk about I live in the east and I and I died in the east. Well, we will get to that part. Yeah, well, he's the guy who didn't let Big respond until Tupac was already dead. But that's a different story for a different day. It was recorded before Tupac died, Al. 
all right, and and they and the out and the record should have never came out. But at the same part, staying on topic, Suge didn't have to do that, and to do that in New York, that took some serious guts, man. Oh, don't, I'm and don't forget, don't forget, before Suge did that, what else did he say? I want to give a shout out to my homeboy Tupac. Keep your head up. We riding right. with him. Yeah, yeah. Nobody was shouting Pac out. Nobody was talking about Pac. Death Row this, was the only one. Shug was the only one to really give it up for him. Uh, later on, if we get to that point about the, the continuing, like, ongoing feud between Bad Boy and Death Row. because <laughs> yeah, now, and yeah. And here's the thing. We're in August 95. I believe... Didn't Suge Knight's friend Jake get killed by by Wolf, Puffy's bodyguard at the time, like a month prior? A month prior, it happened at Jermaine Dupri's party. Yes, uh, Suge, Suge Knight's friend was killed by uh, by Wolf by uh, an, a friend of Puffy, and it it just it just caused so much issues afterwards because they used to be friends, Puff and Suge, and and once this situation happened. Death Row is already an established entity. And Bad I'm Boy glad, is rising glad, and on the come up. And I'm glad you mentioned about that because a lot of people forget Shook also helped manage partial people on Uptown Records. We did discuss that. We did mention that in the in the previous episode. Mary J. Blige, Jodeci. But with this going on, there's some jealousy here because Puffy is now labeled as the genius. When prior to that, it was all about Suge. So now you have a rival here. You have Death Row in California. You got Bad Boy in New York. So there's a head-to-head here. And then you also have to put into perspective, he's out there on stage shouting out Tupac. And what happens three weeks later? He's the one who goes and gets Pac out of jail. Yep. There was a plan here. There There was a ploy here to throw fuel on the fire and that's exactly what happened and he goes and shouts out tupac he goes and gets tupac out of jail and before tupac even went into jail when he got shot at quad who did he blame for it biggie puff and i think he even blamed uh, andre and who do you think is watching all of this go down who is watching the source awards from prison tupac he sees all this stuff going on he sees biggie winning all this stuff not a shout out, nothing, and then Pac. This this fuels Pac's anger even more. Yep. And think about it. Tupac is sitting away in prison, rotting away, hopeless, and only one person shouted him out. So when that exactly. one person went to go get him, of course he went with him. Absolutely. That's why Pac. That's why a lot of people forget why Pac was also upset at Biggie because like, yo, we were cool. We spent the night on on in houses and everything. And and for you and for me for this to happen, you you don't even say anything. You don't even give me a shout out. You don't even come visit me. You don't even write a letter. Say yo, homeboy, how you doing? So it added it it added to the east and west. It added to that to that feud. And New York was not exempt. New York was very biased. They were booing the West Coast artists. They you know you didn't hear none of the West Coast people say yo, what up Compton? Yo, what up Long Beach? We in the house. You heard Brooklyn in the house representing what up Brooklyn? And this is where a lot of people felt like it was so biased when New York, because when you when people from New York go to LA, it's not much of booing. But when you go right. from the West Coast to the East Coast, it's all boos like out of nowhere. It's like, well, damn, can't be equal out here. That was the problem. 
and that's true. And a lot of people, West Coast artists, could touch on that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, yeah, the East Coast. It was an East. It was an East bias event. I, I'll be honest. Absolutely. But um, let let's continue on with the with the with the show. Uh, what yep. what other awards did we have? Ah, we got the best acting performer. Now, prior to it, you did mention MC8 for uh, Menace to Society. What do we have here? We got Higher Learning, and the winner is Ice Cube. I I thought Tupac was going to take that for uh, yeah. Above. Pac Pac. Well, you know they wasn't going to give Pac no no love on this show, but for movies that came out in that time period. Pac definitely could have took it with uh, his performance in uh, Above the Rim and Poetic Justice. I'm sure if he was home, he probably would have definitely taken that. But props to Cube. You know, Higher Learning was a powerful movie. It, it's it's underrated, if you ask me. It doesn't get enough credit. That I And uh, Buster Rhymes was also in Higher Learning as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Buster Rhymes was there. It was a classic. All right, next next award, please. This one kind of takes a turn for the somber. It's a very emotional one. Uh, the lifetime achievement goes to the late great Eric Wright, Easy E. Yeah, you gotta give it. You gotta give it to him. He had, he had just died. The death was fresh. That was a, a classy move on the part of the source. But my problem yeah, is, man. he was still alive. Would he ever gotten that lifetime achievement award? Well, you know, usually lifetime achievement awards and award shows are always usually most of the time given posthumously. Rarely yeah, does. That's what happened. Unless, unless the 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 uh, re- the only way the recipient of that award is alive is if they were like maybe like seventy or eighty years old. And you gotta look at it like this: Easy deserved it because he was the he was the pioneer for creating your own. You know, Ruthless Records springboarded. There'd be no bad boy. And they There'd would be no from the ground up. There would be no no limit. There would be none of these things that we have, you know, that stood the test of time if there was no ruthless. Easy had the vision and the forefront to be the CEO. And this is a guy that sold crack. And not to mention, he was there for the L.A. riots. And look at the, the body of work like we talked about. Al, you can touch on this. Besides N.W.A., let me look what came out of ruthless records. You know what I mean? Above the Law, um, the earliest incarnation of the Black Eyed Peas with your favorite guy, William, or his name yeah, is Will William. I. Am. William, um, William, William. He, he, oh, he had Bone, Bone Thugs and Harmony, JJ Fad. Dr. Dre would have never been anywhere if, if Easy didn't bring him with him. Uh, Ice Cube, the same thing. So, I mean, Easy, Easy, um, he takes the cake, man. And Shug was there watching. Yep. Suge was there watching. Uh, he was the bodyguard for when they went on tour. And how could I forget the diggy diggy doc? There you go. So, so there would be no there would there would be no death row if it wasn't for Easy. Oh, of course, clearly, clearly, absolutely, absolutely. The last award, obviously, the pioneer, pioneers, and this goes to Run DMC, man. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't. Yeah, they, they made so much impact. Leading up to that particular year. You know what? And this is just a fantasy scenario, but if NWA had never broke up, they should have gotten it. But we give it to uh, Run DMC. Because you oh, can't yeah. give something to a group that no longer exists. Run DMC was was all still cohesively together, even though they weren't active in music at the time. But, yeah, yeah I can't think of any other pioneer. 
I mean, well, BDP didn't exist anymore either because KRS-One got crazy and 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 took kicked everybody out till he was the only one left, and then he started recording as KRS-One and not Boogie Down Productions, so they weren't around anymore. Yeah, Run DMC, Run, Run DMC takes the nod. You know, there's actually a story of why that happened with the kickout. Uh, you, you really want to know why that happened? Talk to me. Because I remember in the... I don't know if, if anybody here has the actual uh, Sex I and do. Violence I album. Do. I do. But I don't no, know if no, you remember... I, 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 I can give you the reason why KRS did that. Why, but why, before why you give the reason, didn't get that? Before you give the reason, do you remember the booklet for Sex and Violence? It says um, Boogie Down Productions is KRS-One Kenny and Kenny Parker. And then he says... D-Nice, Miss Melody, Miss Harmony, and names everybody else in the world and says they are not BDP. So I found that to be a bit strange. You put that in the, in the booklet, but go on. The reason why BDP and why they didn't get the Pioneer of the Award is because you let her hear the story again and again of how it all got started way back when. The monument is still in you. You understand the lyrics. You, 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 wait, wait, hold on. You, 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 do, you do this as a shot at me, aren't you? Ah, uh, well, of course. What you think? I mean, what's the real reason? Were they even nominated for it? Well, the thing that is, was the reason. I think, I think, I think KRS didn't feel like people were riding with him. And it was just mostly KRS and MC Shan's show. Because remember when they said they kept saying it, they were trying to interpret it like it was Boogie Down versus Juice Crew. But it didn't happen like that. No, it was it was no, it was Boogie Down versus Marley Marl and Shan. Oh uh, yeah, just 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 because because Scott going in a joke. Just Scott going in Scott, a joke Scott, with that. Scott 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 was riding with with Chris and uh, obviously and uh, D Nice was doing was, the beatboxing in the background. Really? Oh really? So I was there. Wait, what? He said he was riding with Chris, so that means I was there. <laughs> riding with KRS One, fool. Oh well, you gotta clarify, you know. If well, you I was know what? There, I was you there, know what? So. Since you want to do it, I'm gonna. You have to. You have to perform it the right way. You love to hear the story again and again, how it all got started way back when. The monument is right in your face. Talking about the name of the place, the Queensbridge, the bridge, the, 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 the Queensbridge, the, right, the, the right. Bridge. Yeah, yeah. You gotta but do it. Run DMC, yeah, run DMC you do it, got, you got the award. Now, I agree I with Run right. DMC. No, you did not do it right. You I did to, it right. You have to put it a certain simple. emphasis in your voice. Come on. Yeah, yeah. That's why she ain't going to whoop you next time you see you. <laughs> he's not, listen, he's not going to whoop me. I'm going to get that bad a, 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 a flask filled with blackberry brandy, and we're going to be all right. Alfred, Alfred, yeah. you still called the, you still said Curvis what is an MC Shan killer. Yeah, because his career went in the toilet right after. He left him yeah, lonely, get sure it? Did. But but you just said you love MC Shan now. I now do love MC Shan, but when you him. take a when you take a L, you take a L. If I yo, KRS one is like a hero to me. But if I met him, I'd be like, yo, how you let Nelly take you to a time limit draw, man? Oh, you will never tell that to KRS. Oh, oh, why is he a hero to you? KRS. I love, I love his music. You, if you walk oh, up to KRS one, you like getting if you walk up to KRS one and say why you let Nelly take you to the town of Madraw, he would PM on you. You know that, right? <laughs> Listen, man, I'm, I'm not. I'm. Not, I, I retired from uh, rapping, man. So dissing me is worth is pointless. Um, other than that, uh, let's get to these performances. We can't talk about the awards and not the performance. Yes, I know. Sixty nine boys is one of them that performed. The Tootsie Roll. You had the 69 <laughs> boys go up there. <laughs> wow. They, do, they did the Tootsie Roll, man. It was, it was a popular if, dance. If we ever do a where, where, what happened to them or where are they now episode, 69 boys got to be on that episode. You had the brat 
uh, perform as well. You know, Jermaine Dupri. Mind-boggling to me how uh, she wasn't nominated for anything. Yeah. And um, Punctified know, came out in 94. You know what's funny? Not, neither female. They weren't even thinking about the females like that because who was really coming out as a female perspective? We, I mean, we talk about the bias. There's also a gender bias. Exactly. MCs didn't really get the credit that they deserved either. And they got to compete with men. And the type of men that were nominated, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, you also had Bone Thugs and Harmony. They came out and performed a series of songs. It was really good to see them. One they of them performed, you know. One of them? They did Thuggish Ruggish. They did the First of the Month. It's the Thuggish Ruggish Bone. Oh, 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 my God. This is not Family Guy. Who's watching Family Guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the old man's trip we got. Uh, I mean, dedicated to Easy E. Obviously, when Bone Thugs came out and they performed, it was a, it was a, it was a good series of songs. It gave them the opportunity to really, you know, represent for the roof of this brand. So that was very good. And they can go for the time. They represent for Cleveland too. We ain't knowing her. Oh Cleveland. yeah. Absolutely. It's a shame, shame Easy wasn't alive because they could have did for the love oh, of money, man. man. Money, Easy would have been man. there. Easy would have been right on that stage, man. Yep, making oh. sure motherfuckers don't see him. Uh, you also oh, had you, yeah, you had a performance from the M E T H O D man. He did one of your favorites, Mac. Bring the pain. Uh, I came to bring the pain. That's my. Head. You know what stood out with that performance? If you ever watched it, Al, do you remember that performance? Mm, vaguely well you had the entire staten island on stage with him for one yes, he did. <laughs> yes. i mean that that is a very uh, small place inspector deck is doing the ad-libs he's being the hype man method man comes off the stage and goes into the crowd and performs the rest of the song and everybody's dancing everybody's hype everybody's enjoying it like this is what made method excellent performer the crowd interaction, they fed off his energy and he pushed it back into the crowd. I love it. I love it. You've got Death, Death Row. Oh, Death Row too. Uh-oh. Death Row. Now, that is one of my favorite performances in the awards history. You guys remember vividly how it was set up. You had the inmates of Death Row. Everybody was in their own prison cell. And you had Pox. You had, the, you had Pox poster cut out in one of the yep. cells a lot of people didn't pay attention to that a lot of people didn't they didn't put the spotlight on it and or all but if you look closely you can see it is a uh, poster cut out yes it is and uh dj Pooh is on the is on the wheels of steel he's at the top of the stage and uh it started all, off you had what's all, not to cut you off but all this illusion to Pac, should probably had it in his mind that he was gonna get he probably had his mind made up yo i'm getting Pac out of prison Oh, yeah. He had talks with Snoop. He had talks with people. Hey, man, we should bring Pac here. It made Death Row stronger when Pac came in because you got a Pac that's hungry. But the uh, performance itself, you started it off with Dre. Then you had the Dog Pound. You had Lady of Rage. Then you had uh, Nate Dog come Nate out. Yeah. Uh, and back, that's one of your favorites because <laughs> it's the clean version of It Ain't No Fun <laughs> over the uh, outstanding beat. 
by the Gap Band. <laughs> Leave your number on the cabinet. What made me laugh was not only him, but Daz laughing at you can hear he clear, clearly hear Daz laughing in the background. <laughs> like Daz was doing Daz was doing funny. the ad libs for Nate Dog and like especially like certain lyrics that Nate Dog would say. He's like, I promise I'll give you a call. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> I can't listen to the clean you, version of that song, man. I can't either. But oh, one, I figured it's one of the funniest things ever to listen to, just to have a laugh. And, and you gave me your, cheered. and you gave me all you pussy. You know oh, the funny man. thing is, Nate Dogg wasn't really booed. Nobody got booed. No, the entire performance, they let the artists go up there, and people enjoyed the performance. Now, even though. They kind of stayed toward the side of the West Coast because you had all of the West Coast on one side. You had all the East Coast on the other side. So they kind of but even when the dog pound was performing, Corrupt shouted out Biggie. Like you see him walk over. He's like, Biggie, what's up, baby? Like everybody was a tripping. And then later that year, what happens? Biggie sends uh, sends his boy or, or, or goes on the radio. And be like, yo, the dog pound shooting a video. And they crushing the buildings, and they got, and they was getting shot at. No, 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 no. See, see, they crushed the buildings after they crushed the buildings after the 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 trailer got shot. A lot of people need to understand that they didn't crush the buildings until the trailer got shot. That was their response for that. And he apologized to Snoop for it. Yeah, because you know Snoop, that, that was his homeboy, you know. But, but you Biggie had, was trying to shout them out, and some idiot took it the wrong way. You also had uh, Sam Sneed perform. You know, Dre, they were performing You Better Recognize. Sam, yep, Sam Sneed came out there, and uh, you know, he did his part. But then you got my main man come out after that. You got my man, DJ Quick. Quick. Oh, boy. And oh. what did Quick do? Quick performed Dollars and Cents. And who was in attendance at the award show? MC8. MC8 was there. And you saw Quick just stand right there and say everything he had to say to 8 in his part. What y'all think of that? You had a, we talk about East versus West. We got a West versus West right there. Yo, a Quick. Crip versus Blood. And Yo. MC8 did nothing. What was he going to do? Rush the stage? He could have. No. Because no. I can tell you what was going on. When eight, eight, 8 was cool with Death Row, if you notice, when Quick was performing, Jazz, Corrupt, everybody didn't ad-lib. They didn't say nothing. They let Quick do his thing. You see Daz dancing in the background. But they didn't ad-lib Quick or nothing because they was cool with 8. Yep. And then Suge was hyping it up. Suge, there's, a, there's a story of Suge being there, sitting by 8. He's like, 8? You heard what he just said? He's talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> old big like, oh, man. I mean, Suge was, Suge was Quick's manager. And again, all of this is death row. So 8 kept his cool. 8 didn't, eight, eight didn't rush nothing. And you got to think about it. The year prior when uh, Dre was winning awards at the Source Awards, 8 was one of the presenters. And he accepted the award on Dre's behalf. So Eight was cool with everybody in Death Row. Him and Quick just had that issue. And then when you wrap up the performance, you wrap it up with Snoop doing Murder Was the Case. Yep. He did the remix, right? 
It was the remix. Really? He comes out on a, he came out on a stretcher. He jumped up. He was like, come on, New York. Yeah. As I look up at the sky, you, you see people loving the performance. It was a great performance. And that, ladies Thank and gentlemen, you. is the 95 Source Awards. Before we wrap it well, up, we got though, one more. We got oh, one go more. ahead. Go ahead. Sister, I live in the East and I die in the uh, East. Now, why'd they do that? Why did Puffy say that? If there was no problem, if they was no pious, Puff comes out. It was the bad boy performance. Uh, he said, I live in the East. I'm going to die in the East. Why would you say that? And didn't, didn't he a few years ago try to try to make it seem like he wasn't like... Or did he say he was it saying that to spark uh like animosity when he said that line or some shit like that? It was something uh, that. I really don't understand it. But you start off the performance, uh, you know, you had Craig come out. Craig was first. And Craig did flavor in your ear with Harvey Pierre being the hype man, as he was in the video. HP. Yep. And then after that, you had uh Give me all the chicken heads of Pasadena to the data. You had uh, Biggie come out, Total. They came out. Faith Evans had a solo spot, too. She performed her joint. But you know what was interesting before that? You had people walking through the crowd holding up bad boy signs and Biggie's gold and platinum plaques. Bias. There was bias going on during these performances. And I tell you, it was good bias. Because, first of all, it was going to be biased anyway because it was in New York. And, you know, New York was really heavy. Of like bigging up the West Coast, but when it was the you know, other, you out. know, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy, fellas. The last performance was Biggie, and uh, it was Junior Mafia, but it was Big and Kim. C's was there. C's didn't perform. Mm-mm. Wonder why? Yeah, this 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 had this gave Kim a chance to perform, and Biggie was there, so it was. And Puffy was dancing around the stage. <laughs> As usual, the executive producer that dances around the stage and he's proud. <laughs> yeah, but that, but those were the performances of the 1995 Source Awards. What a show! Yeah, you live in the East, you die in the East, and you be all up in the videos. Now let me stop. <laughs> yeah, all but, right. So what but, we gonna do? Okay. We're gonna we're gonna go around the room right quick, mm-hmm. and you just give your thoughts on. The overall legacy of the 95 Source Award. So, QG, we'll start with you. We will never see an award show like this ever again. This is a show that stood the test of time, and it played a huge part in hip-hop. You will never see all these groups together in their prime, all these MCs together in their prime. Everybody had an amazing success rate. And just to be there in one sitting with that good, classic, timeless music, regardless of whatever tensions was going on, you will never see a group like that again come together like that to show appreciation for what 1995 and the music that was coming out is. So just to sum it up, pivotal. Pivotal All right. for hip-hop. All right. All right, so you say it's pivotal. Uh, Mac, what say you? What's your your final take on the 95 Source Awards and what it meant to you and what it meant and what you think it meant to hip-hop? It, it it really meant a huge part of hip-hop. But at the same time, when you look at the 95 Source Awards, you will also get a bit of a glimpse of soon that will escalate to further of a Tupac versus Biggie type beef. Other than that, you still have performances. You still have people accept awards, even though it was a bit biased, obviously, because for the second year in a row, it's in the East Coast. So you already know it's going it, to, it, it still escalates 
as the time. And a lot of people, we touched this on a, a, a episodes ago because this is still continuing as an East and West feud because you still had how we mentioned this or, or you mentioned this on an episode about Tim Dog. So that's sort of started the East and West beef and the East and West type rivalry. So either way, the, the 95 source source is in the middle and still in the middle of the, the time period and as well in the middle of the impact of hip hop. But overall, it was a great time when people still came together to get their uh, accomplishments, their awards, their accolades. They, they, you know, it was rightfully deserved, even though some are controversial. But hey, that's what the Source Awards was about. It brought controversy as well to hip hop. Now, and I'll finish up. it, and I'll say that one word that just comes to mind during this whole thing is monumental, because. This was one of the key events, or this the things that happened in this show were key events for what would happen later on in '95 and most of '96. I I think all of Suge's allusions and shoutouts to Pac uh, was really foreshadowing what would become with Pac going to death row and, and getting out of jail. And then it, I feel like I feel like with Snoop Dogg's uh, uh, jeering the crowd, talking about y'all don't fuck with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, y'all don't fuck with death row. And then, you know, Suge's little jab at, at Puff with that comment. I think that that all led to what happened later on, you know? Agreed. And the worst part is, you even got Bloods and Crips that got involved, too. Southside and uh, Mar Peru. But that's another yeah, time. Yeah, and you got them sitting together. And yep. <laughs> Death Row had Bloods and Crips sitting there together. That If that's not gang unity, I don't know what is. <laughs> but, uh, so this has been, um... Another episode of Rap Lab. We we touched on the 95 Source Awards. Of course, everything else we've ever discussed is in the archive. Check that out. Apple Music, Spotify, RSS, and everywhere else between the sun and the moon. Um, but yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Same place, same time. All right, fellas, we out. Yes, sir. Y'all be safe.